Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. It's football, not soccer. I'm your host Atharva Ranjan, and welcome to our Euros 2020 pr- review. The Euro 2020 has finally come to an end, and it definitely lived up to our expectations. Filled with goals, dramas, and even a fairy tale uh, underdog story. The finals was between Italy and England, which ended at one all in, in uh, regulation time, and went on to penalties, where Italy won three two. And lifted the cup. It did not come home. Instead, it actually came to Rome this time. So uh, let's start off with the teams that we were following. Uh, we don't have Amit with us today because he has not joined in. So instead, Pranav will talk about Italy. Pranav, what do you got to say about the Italians? Well, Italy really shocked all of us. Nobody expected them to win because for most people, Italy were their underdog picks. and they actually went on to become contenders in the latter stage uh whenever you think of an italian side it's more depend they their game relies on how good they are defensively but this italian team was good good in the defense as well as the attack and the transition between the two was superb well this team seven matches played 5-1 and two drawn didn't lose a single game And they scored 13 goals, and it was overall it was a really good performance. The team that was collectively there, actually, I think, out of all the squads in the tournament, this team was uh, collectively there, and uh, each player like had each other's backs, and it was really good team. So it and one more thing that this team proves is that you can't just throw a lot of big names and stars onto the field and expect them to win. I'm looking at you, France. But this team was it was just phenomenal in every single way. You have uh, an aging defense, but they don't look like they're 36 or 30, 34 and 36 respectively. They were just so phenomenal on the night of the final. And again, coming to the final, how Italy played in the first half, it was a bit disappointing performance. But I think so during the half time, the key players they understood that they need to, you know, uh, step it, uh, like they need to. Come to the uh, come to a proper level, and in the second half they really showed that. Uh, scored the goal in the 67th minute. It was a bit of a scrappy goal, but you have to take what you get. And again, in extra time, how the the keeper amazing, just amazing player. So coming to the overall squad, if I had to say the best player in the entire Italian squad, I think so would have to be Donnarumma because saving three penalties in a final is not easy, not easy at all, and even. Keep in mind, in the Spain game, they went through on penalties, and he saved a few. Then their best young player would have been Kiesa. This, he's a really good player. You will have a gem on their hands. Underrated performer, I think. Underrated performer would be uh, the defense because it took them to, to the fourth game to concede the for their first goal, which is really good. So, Kilini and Bonucci would both of them would be my underrated performer. Disappointing performer to pick out of this Italian squad. It's difficult, but I think I'd have to go with Immobile because, I mean, in the finals, I actually didn't expect him to start because he was not playing good uh, come uh, to the games before that. Then you have the uh, I think Locatelli out of these lot. He plays at Sassuolo, but he was that one unknown player that you didn't know, but actually performed really well, and he might get a transfer as. Uh, Fabrizio said, "I think so. You we haven't talks to signing him, so that's pretty cool. And I mean, great Italian team. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So Pranav, I've got a question for you. 
there have been a lot of talks mm. recently about uh, Jorginho being a Ballon d'Or contender. Uh, your thoughts? Well, Jorginho being Ballon d'Or contender, it's it's all jokes, man. It's all jokes. I don't think so. It's gonna happen. Get it? I get it. He's won the UCL and he's won the what is uh, sorry the Euros. But I really, really don't think he is going to win the Ballon d'Or. I mean, who misses a penalty in the final and then gets to get a Ballon d'Or? Nobody. Then, I mean, if you think that just because he won the UCL and the Euros, he should win the Ballon d'Or. Over in Argentina, there's uh, Angel Correa, who's won the Copa America and the league title with La Liga. I hear no shouts for him. So, it's that's just the comparison right over there. So, no. No way Jorginho should win the Ballon d'Or. Uh, Pranav, you talked about underrated performers. You mentioned the defense, like you specifically meant Bonucci and Kileni. But I didn't see any shouts for Spinozola. And in fact, I'm going to be honest with you. Before this tournament, I actually thought he was a type of pasta. I did not. Uh, know that. Actually, uh, yeah, I completely forgot about Spinozola. Like, I mean, because he didn't play in the finals, and I mean, he I think he broke his leg or an ACL injury or something like that. I completely forgot about him. But he was great, man. Two assists, great for fantasy, great player. And uh, Jose Mourinho is, you know, he's lucky to have him. So, <laughs> yeah, that's all. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next team. Kevin, you were backing England. You said you were going to set yourself up for disappointment. Uh, how disappointed are you really? Well, not really. You know, I was expecting much less from this team because of how they perform in uh, major tournaments. But this, this team certainly had a lot of expectations and they did meet the expectations even though they came up short in the final. Uh, and congratulations to Italy. They really deserve the victory in the final as well. Uh, yeah, so England, I mean, I, I, I expected them to get knocked out by some uh, low-grade divi- uh, opponent in like the round of 16 or something and they didn't do that. Yeah, the mentality block which I spoke about earlier and I think that they have overcome that and they, they, are perform- they, ha- they did perform very well in the entire tournament. Even though there were shouts of it's coming home, it didn't. I, they, they, this hope for England fans for sure, the, uh, the squad is still young. And they have a lot of uh, upcoming players as well who are waiting to break into the team. And so there's the World Cup next year, and there's other tournaments which they can target. So yeah, it's been it's been a good tournament for England. A disappointing, of course, because the one kick in the final decided that they won't be the champions. Uh, yeah, so they did uh, meet the expectations, I feel. And yeah, uh, it's been a good tournament, I would say. And Southgate did made a, make a lot of controversial uh, choices in the starting lineups, playing with a, a double pivot when he had a lot of attacking talents. And it did pay off. Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips were both exceptional throughout the tournament. And yeah, he made a lot of weird choices, but it did pay off. And I think everyone backs Southgate now in a way. Coming to the squad, uh, the best player, I think I would give it to Raheem Sterling who did receive a lot of criticism the last two years, especially since that miss against Leon, which still haunts me to this day. Uh, and <laughs> the underrated performers, I would say, uh, Kyle Walker and Harry Maguire both were rather underrated. They both played really well. Uh, Walker got dribbled past just once and he's played like 700 minutes the entire tournament, which is pretty good. And uh, uh, Maguire also has been uh, slated a lot uh, by the English media and he did, he 
proved a lot of haters wrong has put up solid performances uh, best young player i think i have to give it to bukayo saka even though he missed the penalty it it was heartbreaking for him to miss the penalty in the final he was by far the best uh, winger we had after sterling and uh, when we come to an unknown player who's likely to get a move to the a bigger club i think calvin phillips really did a lot of work uh, which has got a lot of attention from big clubs and yeah a good move is just on the horizon for him all right uh, so you said that saka is the best winger you had uh, england had apart from raheem sterling what do you think if sancho maybe started more games would have the outcome been different in specific in the other games too i mean they did win them but otherwise do you think if saka start uh, if uh, sancho started over saka that uh, maybe the finals result wouldn't have been a one all draw but maybe a two nil win yeah well this is what i'm talking about southgate didn't go actually with, didn't go with the fan favorite choices like grealish didn't start most of the matches sancho didn't start most of the matches and you can only wonder what would have happened if they if they both had started the final so yeah it's he did get away with a lot few uh, un- controversial jo- choices throughout the tournament but in the final i think he got it wrong especially in the penalty line penalty kicking lineup uh, he i don't know i he gave saka the last one i thought a more experienced one could have uh, more experienced player should have taken the penalty the last the deciding penalty as well So yeah, I mean you can only wonder what would have happened if Saka if uh, Sancho had played instead of Saka because he's uh, one of the best young talents in the world and he didn't get a lot of opportunities. So um Kevin, uh you didn't mention Luke Shaw anywhere um in any players uh because uh for me I think he was one of the best players up there for England. Uh what do you think about that? Yeah, just like Pranav, I I absolutely forgot about uh, Luke Shaw. <laughs> he's he yeah he's been one of the best players in the squad. Uh, I think he's the second best player after Sterling. I thought he, he was even better than Kane in a way. And when he scored in the second minute, every England fan's life was in heaven. They were all expecting him to go through and win the in the final. Uh, they were all expecting that the game would be theirs since that minute. So yeah, yeah, he was he was one of the best players, and I think he's the best left back in this tournament, even better than Spinazzola. Also, I didn't mention my disappointing player. I think Mason Mount didn't live up to a lot of expectations here. He came off the back of a brilliant Champions League victory, and a lot of expected of him. So in that aspect, I think he underperformed a bit. So I guess it's a left back forgetting day, huh? Everybody's forgetting their left backs. uh let's uh, we'll move on to the next team that we were supporting that was knocked out uh spain which was i was actually supporting spain and honestly props to enrique i had not expected this and as i had before this when i when the squads had released and we were giving our previews i had slandered him a lot for no sergio ramos no nacho no vasquez no real madrid players at all even asensio should have been there but they weren't there and he he chose two lesser play two less players on the squad and but he still took that team to the semi finals which i don't think anybody expected from that side they and they played some beautiful football that they first two three games they didn't have that kind of they were still figuring themselves out and um, but later on once busquets i think came back came back from uh, testing positive for covid 
it became he was he just changed the whole tempo of the squad which is why i would actually give him the best player award for my side because he just changed the two games he came in the first two games where he came in we scored four goals i believe in both of them and it was just exceptional exceptional at the back uh, five also in one of them right exceptional at the back and he just uh, it was just beautiful uh best young player would be pedri because anyways he did win best young player for us uh even uh, danny olmo to an extent was really good even in the semi final against uh, italy he performed pretty well pretty well actually he was one of the best players on the pitch that day and i uh, i think he was actually uh, he was actually pretty good uh, for us underrated performer uh i'd have to give it to maybe jordi alba for uh, because this time i i'm the only person who's not forgotten the left back actually uh jordi alba actually was not mentioned much throughout the tournament and he he was he wasn't a si- he was actually silently helping out the team uh, and even as a leader in busquets absence he was he was pretty good he he helped out the team very well and made some uh, played some exceptional football a uh, disappointing performer I uh, Gerard Moreno god that guy was awful he scored zero goal zero assist perfect he was beautiful uh just it was just sad man just sad that you would expect if Morata was not scoring you'd bring on Moreno okay this guy can score he he was in the top 3 in the scoring list for La Liga but no this man chose not to score or not to assist he chose to miss all his chances perfectly and uh yeah he's not going to get a big transfer this time but someone who may get a big transfer to a big club is Unai Simon so he's he was uh, he did make some mistakes he made quite some clear cut mistakes but otherwise he he played really well he made some exceptional saves especially in the penalty a shootout versus switzerland he was he was really good so i think any uh, any big club that is looking for a keeper right now they should look for a bill for the that that bilbao kid Yeah so Atif my main question to you was that like in the attack if you look at the uh, Spanish attack it's usually Morata <clears throat> it's it's not actually fixed it's Morata Olmo Sarabia kabhi kabhi it's uh, Ferran Torres then some sometimes Orsbal is coming in so what what uh, from this tournament what do you think should be your front three for Spain Oh wow uh, I definitely have Morata up front it's it's no doubt about that I if Asensio performs well in this season I'd say that Enrique should take, take have a look at him. He is not that young anymore. He's I think 25 26 now. So he has some experience on his hand which and he's quite a he's quite helpful as a right winger in my opinion. So he could be there and uh, Danny Olmo at the left. Should be this these the uh, these three should be able to play pretty well especially with uh, the finishing that the three have. Uh okay next uh, uh yeah i i had a question about uh, Emerick Laporte who changed nationalities from France to Spain before the euros and without uh, Ramos you needed that experienced center back he's not that experienced but he's still much more experienced than Eric Garcia and Pau Torres who are your other center backs so d- can you say that he did a good job filling in for Ramos 
actually yeah definitely he was i mean you know later on when you look at it maybe ramos would have not been the best fit for that team but the way uh, lapo like yeah i i'm being honest because he like yeah he didn't perform that well and you'd have to start him every game because he's sergio freaking ramos right but instead where he uh, enrique was able to choose between pau torres or eric garcia and play laporte on the others and have a sure shot laporte uh i think he would have been quite uh, he he did pretty well he did pretty well he was the best uh, one of the again, they already had the leader so he didn't play that leadership kind of form but the experience that he had he really showed that he deserves a transfer out of all right so let's move on to spurs spurs he was supporting portugal this time i think mostly because of bruno fernandes or uh, what else <laughs> so uh, although he had quite the disappointing performance not his fault though uh, what do you have to say about it yeah so portugal's campaign in euro 2020 it was that great because uh, overall um, except ronaldo no one performed really to their level even though they really have a really good team but they just crashed out out of the round of 16 against belgium uh, horgan hazard that was a pretty good goal uh, but uh, it was it was very disappointing to see uh, bruno fernandes as well <laughs> because he didn't perform to his standards and then um Fernando Santos the manager he dropped him and then against Belgium he put him on and um he actually played well when he came on so um yeah so i think uh, i had uh, i thought that portugal they have a really good chance of um, winning the tournament but uh, to just crash out of uh, the round of 16 um, that's very disappointing so um i'll start with the best player uh, for portugal um, it has to be ronaldo of course uh, five goals one assist um i think it's safe to say that he pretty much carried the team um best young player now i'll have to give it to renato sanchez because uh, i mean uh, he's not that young but there isn't anyone else um, you could make a case for dalo who played at right back but um Renato Sanchez was uh, he played better than him um uh, then underrated performer um we can uh, we can go with um maybe Guerrero but um he also there it was um there was no consistency he played good in one game and in, in the other he was uh, pretty much crap uh so uh, i i can't say because Portugal they didn't play more games they just crashed out of round of 16 so there there aren't many to choose from uh disappointing performer I'll have to say uh Fernando Santos the manager because um to drop Bruno and then when he came on he actually played well um if uh, maybe if he had started against Belgium Bruno might have done pretty well so um uh, that that's the disappointing performer and the relatively unknown player who might get a transfer to a big club hmm this is a uh, this is an interesting one um maybe maybe uh, nuno mendes um he didn't play uh, but i mean uh, he could he could now i think he is one of the next best wonder kids so he is always going to get a uh, get go to a big club um disappointing performer um except uh, fernando santos the manager 
we'll have to say um, i have to say diogo jota uh, he was crap uh, he didn't play well um, uh, he he is the forward for liverpool and i mean we should expect more from uh, him uh, so yeah he was very disappointing um and uh, yeah i mean uh, one word to say that uh, to sum up uh, portugal's uh, euro 2020 is yeah i said it thousand times i'll say it again disappointing uh all right so kevin go yeah god So, Spash, my question for like the for Portugal was that what do you what did you make of the centre back pairing? Centre back pairing. Um, yeah, Diaz, of course. Um, he wasn't good. Uh, I mean, we we said a lot of good things about Ruben Diaz uh, for his uh, performance in City uh, and uh, for City and uh, yeah, in the tournament he was very. Um, yeah he got bullied and uh, tactically as well uh, uh he was not up to the mark and uh, i actually thought pepe and ruben diaz is a really good combination because it has a, a right amount of aggression and the right amount of um, uh tactical tenacity that uh, i mean most defenses want to have and even pepe uh, yeah <laughs> yeah he's old i think he should I mean, retired. Uh, he's old right now. I mean, he's not. He's not uh, good enough. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't blame. I, it was weird actually. Ruben Diaz and Pepe. When you hear those two at the back, it's like this team is over. Like no team should be able to even go through. And if they go through, you're getting like punched in the face or spit in the face by Pepe. Uh, it, it was an obvious thing. It, it, I'm I, even I'm I'm extremely surprised that they they just didn't work out. And Ruben Diaz looked like you know, like as like a little child in the middle of the playground. Get, kept getting cut through everywhere. It was disgusting. All right, uh, Bapat, uh, you're up for Germany. Yes. So Germany again. What a it was underwhelming to to say the least. But I think they did well with what they had. Low had uh, his last tournament as a manager of Germany, and Flick will be taking over. Um, so yeah, exciting times ahead. But to recap the Euros, the the group of death proved to be tough. The first match we lost against France one nil. We gave them a good fight. Um, we did what we could, but in the end, France was just too good. Second match, we absolutely battered Portugal. Spurs, I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah, that was a that was a yeah, that was an amazing performance, and it just showed that Germany has the capability to to go far in this tournament. But ultimately, the defense let them down. The overall structure of the team, three at the back, I don't think it's sustainable for for Germany. Uh, so yeah, I think Flick will change that instantly when he gets uh, gets the job. Overall, it was an all right Euros. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, it had its fair share of entertainment and disappointment. Um, so yeah, um, best player I would say for Germany was definitely 
Tony Cruz without a shadow of a doubt. He was everywhere on the pitch, just proving all his doubters wrong. Who, the people who thought he was aging, the people who thought he was slow, he just proved everybody wrong. Everyone on the pitch, he made all the tackles, he made all the passes. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, best young player, I would say, Havertz. Um, he's proved in the second half of the season for Chelsea that he can be a big game player, and he proved exactly uh, that with a goal against Portugal as well. Uh, he was he 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 didn't do uh, that well in the last game, but uh, I mean he's still improving. So yeah, underrated performer. Um, I probably say one of the defenders. I think they were all right, but I I can't really find any other player. So I'll go with Rudiger. Rudiger, I think he was solid on his his flank at least. He let a lot of uh, chances go through the right flank. So I'll give it to Rudiger. Disappointing performer. This is going to be controversial, but I would say Ilkay Gundogan. The I think he only played two matches, but in those two matches he was totally overrun in midfield and really, really uh, matches standards that he had with City throughout the season. So I would say Gundogan and relatively unknown player who might get a transfer to a big club. I'd probably say Robin Gusens. He showed us what a great attacking player he is against Portugal. Absolutely crushed them through that left flank, and uh, yeah, I would say he'll probably get a move. Currently plays for Atlanta, but that that'll surely change. Uh, Bapat, you said your disappointing player was Gundogan, right? I mean, yeah. I honestly think for me it was Muller. He missed the absolute sitter, yeah. the the one sitter that could have probably got them through against England. Not through, but it would at least That's... would have uh, equalized the score and. Should have been theirs. I, I actually thought like I said, that game. Look, like I said, there were a lot of disappointing performers. So I'm not singling out Gundogan, but he was one of them. Definitely Muller was another one. I'd also like to mention Sane, Nabri. They're all really, really good players, but uh, when it mattered the most, they didn't really turn up. So yeah, I hope they hope they can improve and do better. <laughs> shows you how much uh, Bayern players, you know, that's what happens when you play in a farmers league. Spash, you have a question? Uh, yes. So, um, so this is Joachim Lowe's uh, last tournament. How do you rate his reign as a as a Germany manager? Oh, for sure, one of the best managers Germany has ever had. A World Cup, two Euro semi-finals, another World Cup semi-final, a, con- a Confederations Cup. I mean, what what else do you want, really? That that says it all. Pro- maybe even the best manager they've ever had. I would go that far. Probably. Wow. All right. Uh, yeah. So, Bapper. I mean, even I was supporting Germany. I main thing when I was looking to, uh, when I watched all the games, it was why back three, why back three, why back three. So, do you feel the same that a back three let us down? Definitely, definitely. As I said, back three is definitely not a sustainable thing for Germany, um, and I think Flick will definitely change that because he does like to play with the back four. All right. Uh, so now that we've covered the teams that we were supporting, let's talk about some other teams that significantly, significantly overperformed or actually underperformed too. Uh, there were quite some. Uh, like in my opinion, the group, anybody in the group of death that are qualified. 
just like died so badly in that group that they they just forgot how to play after that. All three teams actually: France, Portugal, and Germany. Let's start off with France. Sparsh, you had to cover. Yeah, so France is. I mean, uh, they were. Uh, I think regarded as the favorites to win the um, win the Euros uh, because of the team. Uh, each player, um, I mean, each position, they have at least minimum two players who are world class, almost. Um, uh, but the team's cohesiveness, um, I don't think that was that was right. There were a lot of individual performances, but uh, togetherness um, wasn't so much. But um, yeah, I mean, so they were they they kind of bottled it uh, to be honest uh, because uh, when it was three one, um, I think they started celebrating too early. As Mourinho said, as he talks for Talksport as well, that um, with Pogba's amazing goal, um, they kind of celebrate started celebrating early. I think that there was a. Hint of overconfidence of France, uh, which let them down, and um, yeah, and the penalties they kind of, yeah, as I said, bottled it. Uh, but um, yeah, so again, Portugal and France, two teams which I was supporting, both of them very disappointing. Um, and okay, so if I want to start with the best player uh, for France, it would have to be uh, Paul Pogba. Um, his assists and. Everything, uh, his goal as well, and um, I mean, I would I would just say the best player and the most disappointing player because I mean, uh, it was obviously a very disappointing thing, and France didn't uh, do well in the tournament either. So the disappointing performer has to be Mbappe. Um, he's regarded to be one of the best players ever. Uh, I mean, not ever, but upcoming one of the best players in the future generations. But um, he uh, missed a penalty in the uh, in the round of 16 and. Yeah, um, overall disappointing again. Yeah, I I had a question for you as a United fan. Actually, uh, oh. you saw how world class uh, Paul Pogba and then the Euros. He always seems to put up beautiful performances for France. Does it make you wonder what goes wrong for him at United? Yeah, for. Um, United, uh, it's it's been a dilemma for the last five years that what is Paul Pogba's best position and why does he underperform for United? The main answer is that um, he doesn't have a good uh, CDM uh, at United to support him uh, because Pogba is uh, not that good defensively, but offensively he is world class. Um, in United, at United you have players like Fred, uh, McTominay, and uh, almost a retired Matic. So. Um, they are not sustainable options uh, for um, Pogba to actually bomb forward and do his little tricks um, offensively. Uh, but for France, you have Golo Conte. <laughs> I mean, one of the best CDMs um, for the last five, ten years. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the main reason I can think of why Pogba doesn't perform very well. All right, uh, let's move on to the next team. Um, well, actually, this team had a quite. This was the one we're talking about at the beginning, the fairy tale underdog story that they had, uh, Denmark, because they had quite the first game. Their whole group stage was quite in. It was it was actually like no. The first two games they lost, 
and later on whatever happened happened papat you're up yeah wow denmark i mean what a what a fairy tale story right i thoroughly enjoyed their uh, euros tournament um, and they they were just a joy to watch um and everything that they sh- they've shown this summer i think they've got to be proud of their team the way they played and after the incident that happened in the first match uh, to christian eriksen the way they got up after that it it they, it requires really an incredible amount of resilience to go on after that and uh, reach the semi finals of of the euros and they really shocked us all and gave us some amazing moments and um yeah it's it's been a great tournament for them i think some of the standout performers i would like to mention the first one would be kamela who plays for atlanta oh he was brilliant he was just amazing throughout the tournament he was on the level of spinazzola like um ronald mentioned so yeah he was one of the standard standout performers another one i think i would also like to mention go to it oh <laughs> what a tournament he's had as well uh yeah so yeah that's all for denmark uh yeah spash yeah uh, babbert as a barca fan um so go to it um i mean he did perform well actually uh, but at barca as you know that they have so many strikers do you think next season goatweight can actually uh, turn up and do something for barca honestly speaking uh, no because we've got the likes of depay aguero uh, messi fati and the list just goes on and on and on even griezmann if he doesn't leave so i don't see anyway prathvet gets in that team even as a sub well bapat i mean uh, with the recent uh, reports about the salary cap issues i don't think you can call dipai and aguero your own players yet you're going to have to wait a bit <laughs> uh well, that's true that's true uh, exactly let's uh, move on to kevin and belgium yeah for belgium i think it's been a disappointing tournament for them this was probably the last chance for their golden generation to win a major trophy and it would have been the first in their history as well so yeah it's an opportunity wasted once again for belgium they always seem to be like the best ranked team before every major tournament and then uh, don't even get past the semi final mark uh, yeah it's it's probably was the last chance the world cup's going to be tough the players are already aging you only have a few players who are still in their prime yeah so they did go through against portugal which was a tough hurdle to go against and uh, they did hang on for a victory in that even though they were it wasn't their best performance uh, thorgan hazard i thought was one of their brilliant players he outperformed eden hazard in my opinion eden actually wasn't that bad it's been better than what i've seen him at real madrid so far uh, hopefully he's good for us in the report for real madrid as well in the next season lukaku was by far their best player scored four goals and uh he without them i don't think they would have got this far and even de bruyne was to some extent decent i would say because he wasn't really that good in the latter stages because maybe he was carrying an injury i have heard and uh jeremy doku is another player that impressed me a lot he played very well against italy in the quarter final where they lost and yeah he got a lot of attention there and probably has a good move coming up for him as well All right um 
Kevin, so what do you think? As a Real Madrid fan, I'll ask you this question: uh, Vinicius or Eden Hazard? Who's your pick? Um, well, based on what we've seen from Eden Hazard, there's no way I'm putting him into this team. Vinicius starts ahead of him any day, at least now, because Eden has a lot to do to claim his place in the team. He had an impressive Euros to some extent. I mean, based on his own previous standard, wasn't up to the mark. But considering that he had a very poor two years at Real, he was better than that. He did become another injury again, and you can't do much against injury problems because he seems to be pick, picking them up again and again. So yeah, he has to improve his fitness and probably can do better than what he has done so far uh, at Real. Oh well, I asked that question because I honestly uh, we didn't see much of Vinicius in the Copa America either. Right, because yeah. he didn't start over Neymar or anybody else. So, but yeah, I guess I mean me myself, I would uh, I would definitely pick Vinicius, and I think we should start uh, looking for e- the Eden Hazard's value on the market. He's he, I don't, mm. he shouldn't be staying for any longer now. All right, uh, Pranav, let's move to you. You had to cover. Oh, oh uh, yeah, Kevin, I had a question for you. Uh, what do you think was the main problem behind uh, Belgium's disappointing performance? I I think it was the defense which let them down again. Like Germany, they play with the three and the three at the back. It doesn't seem well, well suited for them considering they don't have that much of a good defense. And yeah, I mean they have aging players like Vermaelen and Vertonghen who are well past their prime, I would say. And it did let them down. They didn't have the tenacity to counter Italy when it mattered in the. Uh, quarterfinal and yeah, they didn't look very good attackingly as well. But mostly, it's because of their defense. I think it let them down big time in the knockout stages. All right, uh, let's move to. Sorry uh, for interrupting a bumper there, but uh, let's move to uh, Pranav now, and uh, he's covering Netherlands for us. Quite the disappointing performance. I'm not gonna lie, Pranav. Yeah, Netherlands. What do you got to say about them? A year ago, they would have loved to play this tournament because a year ago they were actually a really good team. Van Dijk didn't have an ACL. Uh, Van de Beek was still playing games and knew how to play football. I was getting to play games. The, and you know it was a good team. Koeman was their manager. And one year later, they have what Jose Mourinho would say the worst manager in the history of the Premier League in Frank de Boer. They sacked him as soon as they lost the game. All <laughs> the, the group stage games, all of them were at home, so cool. But the first game was really shocking. First game showed me that this team's defense is pathetic, terrible. I mean, maybe Yarmolenko yeah, scored a really good goal, but apart from that, three-two, you can't take it to three-two. And and last play of the game, he scored a winner. That's not acceptable for a Dutch team. So Wijnaldum played really good. Uh, Frankie De Jong actually. Impressed me a lot, and in the last game, of course, when they went out to Czech Republic, uh, Delit got the red card. I mean, he accepts that it was his fault, but yeah, it actually was his fault, and that it was a good Czech team actually, uh, which they went out to. But I actually didn't expect a lot from this Netherlands team because, I mean, after everything that happened since last year, no Van Dijk and everything else that happened, the change in the manager and stuff like that, I didn't expect them to go really far. But otherwise, it was a pretty decent tournament for them. So, if I had to say, the best player would have been Wijnaldum, easily the captain. 
I mean, how he doesn't do that for Liverpool, I don't get. Best young player, Frankie De Jong, as I mentioned, just ran that midfield. Amazing. Underrated performer, in my opinion, was uh, Memphis Depay. Barca fans, something to be excited about. Disappointing performer, Dilit, and relative, and uh, I think it's so Donny Ma- uh, Malin. Right? That, that's his name, right? So he will get a transfer from PSV. Most mostly this summer, next summer. All right. Uh, finally, I'd like to mention this uh, Switzerland actually because they went quite some uh, quite far this time, and nobody expected them to even get out of the group stage. But I think that was mostly because we expected Turkey to get out of there. But that's a different thing. <laughs> we they performed pretty well in the group stages. They uh, we they drew to Wales, which was all right. Uh, Italy bodied them. That's a diff. Uh, Italy is Italy. And but then they bodied Turkey, so I guess yeah they did pretty well overall in that uh, in the group stage, enough to qualify. They then they beat they then they took down Swiss, uh, France, which was just like the surprise of the of the se- like surprise of the series I I'd say because nobody expected France to go out to Switzerland. Uh, and uh, few players that would definitely stand out would be their goalkeeper Sommer, who was just exceptional in that penalty. Take uh, against France. He, I mean, yeah, he like he conceded the others, but that one save of Mbappe's goal was just perfect for him. Uh, Xhaka was also a player who, I mean, he's an Arsenal player and all, but he was still pretty. He was he was he was great. He was uh, he was actually really really good for that team. He played as a leader, and uh, I think the last game against Spain, he didn't. He was on the bench at the beginning. Or late, later on, but he was still there as a leader type person, just to lead on that team and hope for them, uh, motivate the players and all. Uh, but their best player has to be Shakiri. That man doesn't get his time at at Liverpool, but uh, he was just exceptional for that team. He scored that goal which took the Spain game to penalties. And uh, although I mean Unai Simon did a great job, that's uh, that's kind of why they didn't go through against Spain. And they missed quite a few bad ones, but otherwise it was just a really, really good game. And Switzerland did a lot to reach till that quarterfinal. All right, uh, let's move on to our final segment now. Uh, what do you guys think, based on these Euros 2020 form for all these teams, uh, and actually the Copa America form too? Uh, what do you guys think is going to be the outcome for the World Cup 2020 Winters World Cup 2022, which is in about I think one and a half year? Uh, Pranav, let's. You, how about you start? Yeah, well, so I I was watching the Copa America. I mean, I've been watching the Copa America, and I don't think any South American team is going to win the World Cup next year. I mean, they could prove me wrong, but from what I saw, I do not think so. That's going to happen. Then, but what I saw from the Euros, I can definitely say that England has a really good chance of winning the World Cup. But I'm going to speak about my team, of course, Germany. I was supporting Germany, and I think Flick's going to come in. He's going to change everything, and we are going to go unbeaten. Realistic expectations would be a quarterfinal, third place, third place finish would actually be actually be very realistic. Third place, because see, I get it. Müller didn't perform well, but even before Flick came in, Bayern came to Bayern. Müller wasn't playing that great, and he completely turned him into an assist machine. So that's pretty cool. If he can work his magic with Müller in the German team, would be great. So I'm 
more than excited to see this german team in qatar next year 2022 bapat who's your pick for me it's between uh, qatar or uh, usa actually <laughs> I feel like they have a, they have a great chance <laughs> nah, i'm completely kidding um yeah as as far as copa america is considered i'd say argentina do have a chance because this is one of the best argentina teams i've seen in a while because it's it's really well balanced in midfield you've got rodrigo de paul you've got paredes and lo celso they, they give a good balance to the team defense has massively improved christian romero i mean he he's a really really good player i watched him um, in the final and he just he really impressed me i think this could be the backbone of an argentina team that could go on to win it in qatar i feel like so from south america i would put them as favorites and uh, um based on the euros performances uh, well i supported germany obviously germany i i don't think we're quite there because qatar is only in in a year or so so i probably would give them a chance for the euros in 2024 which are going to be hosted in germany so i think that's a better chance for them um so no i wouldn't really think germany are going to win the world cup but um i think as as pranav said england might uh, might go all the way and bring it home kevin is it going to come yeah, home? i mean I mean, with the performance they put up in the Euros, there's always hope. I mean, you have to hope it's going to come home at some point with this squad. This, I mean, you have had better squads for England, but the chemistry that these players have, it's been never been see, uh, seen in an English team before. And England fans will obviously be out there with its coming home chance uh, next year. I also believe that Italy could do a World Cup and Euro inter- Euro double. because they came out of absolutely nowhere in this tournament and surprised everyone and i think they can, they have they can do it because it's just a year and a half uh, away so they can win it again the problem is their aging defense which like pranav said is 34 and 36 year old center backs it remains to be seen if they could keep that up next year but again so italy is a team full of surprises and they could uh, pull out another surprise in the world cup uh if i'm going to be honest spain well actually no first first let's talk about uh, from south america brazil do have a stacked squad argentina has been playing like probably the best football they've played under, with, along with messi for quite uh, in quite some time uh oh. but no i i think messi may i mean this may be a very controversial saying and i'm going to get a lot of hate for this But I think Messi is going to drown out by that time. I'm sorry to say it, but I I don't know. I have a feeling that if Ronaldo is already drowned out. He's out of his. Uh, all he does is just like you know score tap-ins, just like he used to. But uh, Messi is going to drown drown out by then too. I, I I'm sorry to say it, guys. I'm sorry to say it. We're going to see somebody like uh, maybe if France get uh, Zinedine Zidane in as manager. maybe i see france winning it i mean if they because zidane has this thing he know he can get the players into the right mindset to tell them that you're not you, you can't be stuck up idiots every game yeah. is a final every game is a final exactly and uh, you don't be stuck up idiots you don't think about be so uh, full of attitude just like you don't you care about your attitude more than you care about the game so france is one pick uh, overall for spain I think we're going to be finalists. 
we could be finalists because we are uh, a high contenders if we reach the semi finals with this squad as in these circumstances especially with the covid hit and all uh, i think we could be finalists we could even take it home but uh, spain have a really high chance they're contenders definitely for me okay i guess we can uh, end this episode thank you all for tuning in uh, do remember to follow our podcast it's football not soccer spread the word and just like uh, bonucci and jorginho said all around instagram it's coming bro it's coming bro it's coming bro sorry kevin sorry all right uh, thank you guys for watching we'll see you in the next one